Hey guys, Walter Fetchick here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section. We've got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassner, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new e-sportsbook. Hello, Internet. My name is Walter Ciedes Pacek, and welcome to our Week 7 edition of the Rough Drafts Guess the Line 2017 European LCS Summer Split episode. I, we'd have to find a better way to actually do... We need to consolidate that in, in, in some way, shape, or form. But like I said, it's week seven. We still have four more weeks counting this week. Week seven, eight, nine, and wonderful, wonderful ten. Because Europe is ridiculous. It pisses me off. And something even more pisses me off about this week. We'll get into it when we get into it. But when I say we, I of course mean my co-host and second place Guess the Lines World Heavyweight Champion, Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. Chase, how how are you doing today? Uh, first of all, I believe the term is number one contender. I think that's how that works. If I've I haven't watched a lot of wrestling, but I believe that that is the official title rather than second place. I've never heard second place for a belt I mean, ever in any context. But you know, I mean, I'm you doing okay. That. I'm 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 digging what happened in Europe last week as a whole. I, I felt like uh, if I could take my personal biases out of it, uh, teams that I wanted to see improve last week mostly took a step forward. Um, I, I think that we're seeing a very clear gap between the best and worst teams in the league, and I think that we're seeing a couple teams that have a little bit of perkiness to them, have a spring in their step in a way that we weren't expecting you know, just a couple weeks ago. So uh, on all those angles, I'm very happy. Uh, on a personal angle, there are a couple teams that I like or have championed for in the past. And those teams let me down this week. Uh, those teams were frustrating to watch. It was a week in which I thought there were a lot of silly mistakes that dictated the pace of the week. Uh, that dictated a lot of these results. Uh, and that's obviously going to be something where you just, you know, at week six, we have to start asking the question of are they going to figure it out? That's a reasonable question to ask. Not, you know, not panic button for some of them, but at least the, you know, do we need to go get the panic button and take it out of our little safe room and make sure it's there next to us uh, as we get to like weeks eight and nine and really have to break this stuff down, especially because. Europe just doesn't have a lot of games, man. Some of these teams have already played eight of their 13 games. It's a, it's a silly thing that they play so few series, but each one of these is just going to mean so much more. And, and this week is the last day of intergroup play. So 
a lot's going to be on the line. Yes, it truly is. So, so Chase, let, let's do some ups and some downs for the week. I already know yeah. what your down is going to be. I'm, exci- I'm excited for your down. Let's start with oh, your yeah. up of the week. What, what, what raised your spirits? What, what made you look towards the last four weeks of the season uh, highly on, on a certain team or a certain player? Welcome back, Trick. Nice to have you here. It's, it's, it's great. Um, you know, we've been waiting for you about five weeks or so, plus Rift Rivals, so really six weeks. But always happy to see you around, my man. God, it's so fun when Trick is playing champions. He actually knows what he's doing on. It's so great. It's a team that becomes so much more electric, so much more interesting uh, when he's able to dictate the pace of the game. And, you know, we saw it here with two different Sedge games. And there were two set games that each had a different pace to it. Game one was much more sitting back and hard farming and really, you know, allowing himself to get comfortable in his pathing, making sure his laners felt comfortable so that they can get to the team fight part of the game where his composition at that time was really strong. And then in game two, when they had more of a pick uh, composition and they had more early game potential, he went way more gank heavy in the early game way more opportunistic really focused on getting the top lane ahead in particular and i thought that was brilliant i I think that it's exactly the kind of decision making that defines g2 when we see them at their best when they are these three-time defending champions that's that's what we want to see from them and i i think that when he's getting that going it enables the rest of their players i thought perks in particular had an amazing week this week. His LeBlanc is always fun to watch, but it was particularly fun this week. Um, and I, I think that, in general, uh, I, I, this was a team that played up to the standard that we like to hold them to. And that's something where, you know, on the one hand, you, you can get pessimistic about it and be like, oh, but look at, you know, Trick had to play this one champion. His champion pool still is probably going to have some limited values. And I, I know some people are going to bring that up because he's had a limited champion pool so far the split, but he's figured it out on Sedge. That's not a typical trick champion. That's not one where you look at it and go like, well, we knew he could play this going forward. That's something that he's clearly learned and figured out. And so what that tells me is they've put a significant amount of time and effort into developing that pool, getting it a little wider. And as the meta continues to shift, as, as things start getting more hammered out in ways that are probably going to be more comfortable for him in the long run, there's a chance that those problems that have plagued them in the first half of the split will not be nearly as relevant come playoff time. Uh, so, so I think they're in a, a good spot now. Uh, thanks to Misfits, who we'll get to later, <clears throat> um, they're, uh, they're now in second place. So G2 is going to, you know, probably not going to be able to get in the first spot because they rely on help to bring Fnatic down. But they are going to be in a very good seating spot. I, I think that they're going to be able to. Uh, to, to win whatever that first round series they play as long as they can keep this up. And I look forward to seeing if G2 can continue to look like G2. Good job this week, guys. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with G2. This was when the, the actual stars on this team sort of emerged in, in Trick and Perks. Uh, it's been a great season for, like, Expect. Um, Zven has looked pretty good. I know you're still not aboard Mythy. You still think that something is, is doesn't quite fit something's yeah. off whatever couple of mistakes every game um not... but but this week definitely was about trick re-emerging showing that he can play the you know lull we're gonna play till 25 minute late game weldon meme and the early g2 the like spring last season where it was this early aggression constantly going after things 
Perks reminded me uh, reminded me personally that he can play carries because it seems like we've just seen him play Oriana and Syndra and just be a kind of more supportive style where he's letting the rest of his team kind of make everything and he's trying to do things that make his team better. Um, and then he played LeBlanc and I go, oh yeah, he's a really, really good assassin player. Um, some of the things that he did to Senkux were, was just dirty. Just dirty, like Dennis Rodman style. Like, I'm just here to bully you. Th this was definitely like the Lane Kingdom meme. Totally executed to perfection by Perk. So he's going to be the one that gets my up for the week. Uh, especially for that first blood in game two. Where S Splice goes to make a play to top lane. There's a ward there. They barely get seen. Trick looks like he's going to kind of engage on them and backs up. And you could tell, uh, you know, you could tell Perks is on LeBlanc. And he's saying, no, go for it, go for it. Because... Trick, Q flashes with Sejuani, hits uh, hits Senkux and hits Trashy, and then all of a sudden here comes Perks and blows up Senkux's Talia with LeBlanc, and that just sort of set the tone for the rest of the game that that Perks was going to be making plays around the map, constantly you know catching uh, Splice out in their own jungle and picking people off, you know the fadeaway shatter orbs exploding. It just it was really fun to watch. It was a really strong reminder of why Perks is such a good player. And I think he's underrated. Like, I think when we're looking at mid laners this split, I think we're talking about Power of Evil more. We're, we're not truly focusing on mid lane. It's been a lot about, like, caps. I think he's kind of, like, sitting under there. This kind of, like, underrated. Like, yeah, sure, don't talk about me. I'm just playing Oriana. No, no worries. And, and now, as we're getting into this really ridiculous lethality patch on 714, Zed. I, I yeah. can't wait to see Perks play Zed if anyone gets to play Zed. So it, it'll be very interesting moving on into these last couple weeks. Chase, you, you made the Misfits comment earlier, so now I'm actually curious what your down is for the week. Because I thought it was going to be pretty pretty straightforward. So so go ahead. Who Who is your down for the week? I trusted you, Splice. I just want you to know I trusted you. I believed in you. I, I thought you had this. I thought for two weeks now... That you were going to prove that you had that potential to be a top tier team, that you had the potential to be the kind of team that can make a run, you know, in the gauntlet, maybe get themselves back to a world, uh, to the worlds. I, I, I thought that was in play. Uh, I thought this week was atrocious from them. And I, I thought it was atrocious, not because they lost, because I think that G2 was the better team on the Rift, just in general. When G2's playing that well, they're going to be most teams. But I'm not asking you to win all of your games. I'm asking you to get the basics down. I'm asking you to do the fundamentals of what it takes to be a quality League of Legends team. And what I saw was Wonder playing Jax and then not split pushing in game one for like 25 minutes. That is unacceptable. That's not like, oh man, I can't believe we are outplayed by a better team. That's you're not playing to your win condition, and you're acting like you don't understand how a Jax wins games when you're Wonder and you're Splice. Like, you win games by split pushing and then getting the team fights when you absolutely need to. How do you forget the whole split pushing thing on Jax? It, it was infuriating to watch. I, I felt like I was watching my blood vessels pop out of my head whenever I was watching this. And then game two, Okay, cool. Let's put Trashy on Kha'Zix because historically that goes really poorly. Um, and that's exactly the opposite of what you want when 
you're going up against a, a G2 team that, that feels very confident in getting those early fights. It's going to be prioritizing it because they do have something like a LeBlanc that's going to scale super hard. And they were just too behind on every single one of these rotations in both games. G2 was constantly getting more out of every pick. It wasn't that Splice weren't getting picks every once in a while, but they weren't doing anything with them when they did, whereas G2 were getting so much on the map done. And that's why game two took only 23 minutes. I, I thought this was a bad loss for Splice. Um, as much as it was a good win for G2, it was a bad loss for Splice. And now you're looking at group B. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but Vitality's lurking, man. Vitality's there. Uh, they've looked solid uh, these last couple weeks. They have a clear identity now. This is something that we thought Yamato Cannon was going to be able to do heading into the split, and I, I think it's finally starting to pay off. Uh, Nuke Duck looks great. Uh, I think that there's an argument he's going to be competing for an all-pro spot if they can take another step forward as a team. Uh, I, I think that Cabochard's been very consistent. I think that Steelback was hitting Ash arrows like they were candy last week. You know, just bam, bam, bam. Constantly putting them in a good position to succeed. Um, I didn't quite get the metaphor right, but I think you know where I'm coming from. Um, it, it, was, it was brilliant. And I think that this team looks solid. And right now, I like what Vitality is doing more than I like what Splice is doing. Now, the good news for Splice is that they played Ninjas in Pajamas this week, so they're likely to be at least one game up and possibly two heading back into group play. It might be too little too late for Vitality. But the fact that I'm having that conversation with myself, that I'm seriously asking myself, but is Splice better than Vitality? With, with the talent on that team, I shouldn't be asking this question. I shouldn't be in a point where I have to wonder whether this team is a playoff-worthy team. Um, and right now, they don't look like a playoff-worthy team. Right now, it looks like there are only five teams in Europe that deserve to be in the playoffs. And I understand that Splice beat the Unicorns of Love just a few weeks ago, uh, this is a mild overreaction, and I will acknowledge that. I will also acknowledge that Suncox had a great series. Suncox played really well. His Talia walls were on point. His corking game one was awesome. So I, I, none of this is directed towards Suncox. But, I mean, this team isn't going anywhere in the playoffs if they can't get the assumptions. Yeah, so, so this team feels like... We use a lot of sports metaphors. So if you don't watch sports, I'm sorry. But it feels like the Memphis Grizzlies. Where they're kind of this this one note, one sort of style to them. And the problem is that style is sort of outdated. Like, I, Trashy doesn't feel like he belongs. And, and his that, Gragas is all right. His Gragas, one, one champion. His, I, I one, he has one champion that he's all right at. And th but that's what I mean. Like, Memphis was really good at, we're going we're gonna to get physical with people. I'm talking, you know... Marcus Saw, I'm talking Zach Randolph. They wanted to be this gritty, grind it out, pound the boards, pound the paint, slow it down, play at this really kind of slow pace, and and, and drag people into the mud with them. And that was the, that was their singular style. And they always get to the playoffs, and it's always like round one, round two exit. Like they had that one one kind of shock where they beat the Clippers and got into the conference finals, and then they got their butts handed to them. That feels like Splice's run to run to Worlds is like that one really good season. And now we're looking at it and we're going, you know, Kabi had a really, you know, really improved last year. Before it, it was Wonder had this really great, um, you know, great split and, and had established himself as one of the top threes. This split, it's Senkux. I don't see it happening with Trashy. 
Trashy has not shown any type of glimmer of like, yeah, he can he can burst out, he can break out of this sort of mold of I, I just play Gragas, I just play old school, you know, the old Rek'Sai, I'm just kind of this engaged, disruption, tank fighter. Does he have, you know, an occasional good game on Kha'Zix? Sure. Does he look comfortable on the champion 90% of the time? No. So you can say, well, Walter, that's that's your glimmer. He gets, you know, one or two good games of Kha'Zix. No. That, nah, that, that doesn't work when you look around the rest of the league and you look around North America and you look around the rest of the West and you got guys that come in and play Kha'Zix and like, that's the champion that we go to. Like, if you can't play Kha'Zix, you can't be a jungler. That's like the default low mechanic, I need to carry and have a strong early game type champion and, and Trashy can't really play it very well. And you're looking at guys like Pride Stalker, that's what he's resorting to. You're looking at um, Inori, that's what he's resorting to. You're looking at like Gilius. You're looking at all these guys where it's just like low mechanics, high impact, play Kha'Zix, and Trashy doesn't have a high impact on that champion 9 out of 10 times. So that's that's where I look at Splice and I go, in this offseason, that's the player that needs to change. That's the guy that is sort of pigeonholing you into this box of we only can really play one style. If you change him, I'm not saying it's going to guarantee and, and change everything, but that is your weakest link. That is where you need to make some improvement. And, and I think get Mickey out and, and have him roam a little bit more. Have him make some plays because he's shown that he can be a playmaking support. Mm -hmm. But because you don't have a playmaking jungler that he can buddy up with, you're sort of limiting him and just saying, okay, well, you got to stay in lane. And maybe it's because Cobb, maybe Cobby needs a babysitter, but I, it doesn't feel that way. They, he didn't need a babysitter last split. He didn't need a babysitter the split that they went to Worlds. So, I don't know, but I, I agree with Splice. They've, they've been really, really disappointing, and, and I hope they make, you know, a roster change or two in, in this offseason. That being said, we still have four weeks left in the European season before we get to playoffs, before we get to Worlds, and then the offseason. So, Chase, let us, let us dive right into this four-day week from Europe. Absolutely. Because for some reason, we need to have one game on Sunday. Hey, man. The, the Sunday... Uh, brunch special if you're in uh, if you're in the U.S. It's like perfect timing for you to you know, wake up to your day and then realize that there's a big gap of time between when that game ends and when the North American games start. That just makes it kind of awkward and stilted. And I'm gonna need some mimosas to watch that game. In all honesty, I'm, that's not a that's not a, a super exciting matchup. But we'll get to it in a minute. We're gonna start with our our first matchup of the week: Rocket versus Unicorns of Love. Is that our first match? That is the that is the first match of the day. Yep, that is the first match on Thursday. Rockets versus Unicorns of Love. It's oh, possible that we've now entered like flex scheduling for yes. for Riot, and they just haven't announced it, so they might have moved things around. But yes, yeah, that's a flex. Okay. Rocket versus Unicorns of Love. Chase, do, do you just <sighs> do you just want to get your your their dead dog, and I'm taking them out back speech out of the way now. I mean, you stole the beat from me, so now I, I mean... You've done the beat already. That's why I'm just, I'm just saying, you want to remix it for us real quick? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want any of this. I, I don't... I'm not sure how we got here. I mean, I, I know how we got here. We got here because as soon as Maxlor left for Misfits, I said I had very sincere concerns about pride stalker i was low on him even lower than i think some other people were um i think that that has borne out to be correct i, I think that he's just very limited in what he's capable of i think the team is constantly having to play around his weaknesses and he just doesn't have that early game killer instinct 
And when you know that, and then you're giving Yanko's Zach anyway, like then I have to start wondering, like, okay, so what's your plan? Like, your your plan is to have Pride Stalker just get destroyed by one of the best junglers in the league uh, because you don't care about the fact like you're just accepting that it's lost so why not make it super bad um you know we understand that we need to make more early game play so you're throwing bodies at the player but there's no real rhyme or reason to which lanes you're ganking at which time i was so frustrated in game one versus h2k because you had a syndra uh, that h2k was playing in the mid lane and it was an immobile syndra and where was pride soccer ganking oh he was trying to gank the jarvan multiple times like, you, do you not understand how the early game works here? Do you not understand what the term immobile mage means? Like, they'd set up specifically so that that's what you're supposed to do. That should be, like, the first thing that when you're talking about, when you're the coach and those things have been locked in, you've got the 60 seconds before you have to leave the stage. That's what you should be telling the players about. Like, hey, these are where, these are the openings, these are the lanes we can gank, this is where we should make early game plays, just remember these couple things in team fights, and we've got this. Um... Faxi is losing lane on Renekton to a Shen that isn't Chachi's Shen. I. It's Odawande's Shen. Odawande is a fantastic Shen player. <laughs> sure, but it's Renekton. Renekton is a lane bully. His whole job in lane is to bully out people no, no, like no, Shen. You're, you're, you're and right. he was losing lane by significant margins. I don't care that it was Odawande's Shen. Odawande is good, but Faxi was really bad. Yeah. Like, it was a combination of those two. And. At this point, like, even his NAR doesn't look great. He loses lane nine times out of ten. I, I, I made a joke when I was doing the VOD review in what was a, a tour of Chase's sadness and misery. Um, I really should have gotten the, the posters printed out for that. But, I mean, I might as well save myself some time and just write facts he loses lane again on every single game note I make for the rest of the season. Because what top laner is he better than? I don't know. I don't have an answer anymore. And... You know, you, you see these these moments where, you know, every once in a while, you know, like Betsy's LeBlanc in game one against Mysterious Monkeys, he made a couple plays, but when Deed is like having to drag him out to do it, he's literally putting the lantern there and forcing uh, Betsy to re-engage when he was ready to back off on a trade that didn't quite work at the uh, at the nine-minute mark of that game. Uh, you know, and you, you see he's he plays Vlad. Like Betsy can still play Vlad. He can still scale up and play Vlad, but... If we're going to say that Exile is struggling this season because he only has a few of those late-game scalers, and the fact that Betsy only has one is even more concerning. I... Just, play, just play Nasus. Just play Swain. Like, come on, Betsy. Just just cheese people. Go back to cheesing people. But, but they have no plan. Like, cheese requires at least a strategy that you're executing. You're saying it's not a high-developed... It's not like a high-quality, like, consistency strategy but it's a strategy that you know how to execute what evidence do we have that this team knows how to execute anything at this point i i hate this i hate this and i hate it for all of the reasons that i hated them last split before they had their streak which is that this isn't just because they have some weaker players because they do but this is because they don't have a plan and instead they are sitting back and letting their opponents dictate the game and just watching League of Legends happen to them rather than being a part of these games. And that is infuriating as a fan. I can deal with a bad split. I was not expecting this Rocket team to be great. I cannot tolerate this play 
because right now Rocket are at least the second worst team in the league. We lost to the Monkeys. And the Monkeys just looked like a better team. Didn't even look like this was some fluky win where the Monkeys pulled off some some crazy stuff. It was just, well, it doesn't matter that Amazing's not all that good because Pride Stalker's much worse. And the rest of the Monkeys were better. And if that's where we are as a team, like, I mean, what are we doing? What, what's our plan? Are we going to blow it all up again? Are we just going to wait, get like one good player, then enable some things for us, and then watch them get bought out again? I, I don't know, man. It's it, it's infuriating. It's ugly. It's so passive at times that it hurts my brain. And I mean, I, at, at this point, I, I think that I, I, I'm ready for the blow up. I'm ready for, you know, Faxi's got to go. I'm ready to get Llama Bear to replace Pride Stalker if you can possibly make that work. I think Betsy needs to go. I think the grabs needs to go. I think you keep your bot lane because Wadid is awesome and has good instincts and Hjarnan's consistent and a veteran and you blow everything else up because this isn't working. And I, you know, I'm not saying that Faxi can't be a good player eventually, but he's not going to do it here. And I'm not saying Pride Stalker can't be a great player eventually, but he's probably not going to be a great player. Um, and, and Betsy, we know who he is. And at this point, that's not good enough. I, Ah, it just, it just sucks, man. Like, I always define my day in, in real life by what I'm talking about. Like, what's the first thing I talk about every day? And usually it's something nice. Like, hey, I got to talk to my grandma today. I love my grandma. It's awesome. Or, or hey, I got to, you know, I, I worked on some cool article that I'm excited about. And this week, after, uh, after Saturday's game, whenever anyone asked me, how am I doing? I said, well, um, uh, my favorite team lost, and I think they suck now. And we might be the worst team in the league. Now? And I hate it. Well, we were two and three. We were two. Like we were all right. We beat Fanatic. There was there was hope. There was belief, Walter. It. I. I. I've been. Let me put it this way: If I'm going out of my way to try to explain esports to people to help them understand why I look so depressed and downtrodden on a daily basis. That's that's where I am. I'm, I'm not taking them out back. I'm just letting them know that they hurt me, and I don't think it's fair. And I, I want them to take some steps and and make up for this because we need to make this a healthy relationship. And this is not healthy. This is not Chase. Chase. I just uh... want to let you know that the unicorns in love and I have a spare bedroom, and, and if you need some place to go, we are we are more than willing. To, to welcome you into the new Moscow Five. You know, I, I'm not family. a front runner, man. I'm going to stick to the team I love. I, hey, that, that's Fong. all right. You're just going to be miserable on every Saturday morning after this team just disappoints you. That, that's all I'm saying. Like, I, I you know. am aware of the risks to both my health and my sanity, and I am choosing to move on regardless. <laughs> Let, let's move on from here. I don't want to depress you anymore. There's, there's more well, exciting the things line. we can talk about. I know that... I, I, where do you, you think this line is? Okay, I said Unicorns of Love minus 600 as well. Uh, we're we're going to split this one. It is Unicorns of Love minus 588. Okay, that's, that's about I, I right. I think it's I totally, say. utterly fair. Uh, there's no value on a Unicorns of Love 2-0. Rockat's not winning a game. Let's just move What's on. What's the underdog odd just to uh, have it? Rockat is at plus 370. 
That's too nice. Let's move forward. Just yeah, just stop. H2K versus G2. The resurging G2 esports versus an H2K that's just been H2K. They have some really awesome early games and crush some really bad teams, and they have some other games where you're like, okay, you have a good early game. Now, do you know anything about macro strategy? And the answer is... Some days! So, so Chase... Looking, yeah. looking at the resurging G2 versus H2K, what is going to be the defining storyline? You know, if I, if I open up my paper tomorrow uh, after the games and I see a headline, what is that headline going to say? Blank wins because of what? Blank wins because of tower pressure. That's what you're going to see. Got it. These are two teams that are among the best teams in terms of taking the first three towers of the game. H2K is second in the league at 71%, just 1% behind Fnatic. Uh, G2 is at 61%. Even in their losing streak that they had for a while, they've been very good at, at un owning that part of the map. Both of these teams, what they do best is when they get that team fight, they take valuable objectives off of it. It's never just, oh, we got a kill here or a kill there. It's we got a kill and then took this tower because we send everybody at it to make sure we get that objective. We, we use these little snowball opportunities to build big ones. That's what makes H2K such a dangerous team when they win is that they snowball so rapidly that it becomes very hard to deal with them because they have so many talented pieces. And if you're ever forgetting just how talented these pieces can be, Obviously, Rocket is not a great example of a team giving a lot of resistance to what they're doing. But Yankos' Zach was gorgeous. Oduwamne Shen is amazing. Uh, Fabivin Syndra was as stellar as it's always been. It's, it's a great reminder that this team, at their best, each one of these individual players can be all pro level. That's what I did last season. I don't think I'm going to do it this season because uh, I think Nuclear hasn't looked as good as some other AD carries. And then Che has kind of fallen off a little bit as well. But you know what? Like... This is still a very talented team, uh, and they're a team that I think is... I'm not going to say that they're more brilliant strategically than they've been, but I think their cohesion is what we saw from them in the regular season last split. And now we're going to have to ask the question when the playoffs roll around of whether that style of play translates well. Last split, it really didn't. Um, I think matchups are going to matter here, but for a regular season series... And a series against G2 Esports, where G2 are right now, where they're still trying to figure out some of these identity crises that they have, where they're still trying to figure out, well, what champions can trick play? What, what are the play, champions we can play around that as he's trying to figure out some of these meta problems? What, are, you know, what do we do uh, with Expect? You know, where are we putting him in, in all of this? What are we doing with Mithy? Because Mithy is having a couple weird deaths every now and then. He had a couple isolated deaths last week that just weren't necessary. Didn't end up costing them all that much, but it was one of those things where you're like, well, if Yankos was snowballing off of that, we'd feel a little bit differently about how that play went, I think. So, so it's going to be a lot about dictating that pace of the game through the tower pressure especially. Um, neither one of these teams is a huge priority on Rift Herald. Um, neither one of these teams are, are huge on... Like, oh, man, we have to get all of the Dragons. H2K more than G2 is very into them. But they're not like, oh, man, these are the objectives we have to focus on 100% of the time. It's going to be who gets those towers, who turns those tower takes into jungle pressure, and who turns that, you know, that control of the map 
into the fight that they need to win. I think this is going to be a series in which these teams are battling back and forth, and then it's going to be one big team fight that then means that the winning team can go get a Baron that's going to snowball the game and dictate who wins that particular map. I think that's something we're going to see trade back and forth. I think both teams are capable of it. I think this is a three-game series. I think that it's going to be a very fun series. And it, when I make my prediction, like, I'm so torn because I think H2K has looked better over the course of the whole split. But I just saw G2 look like the team that won 12-1 and in the, in the spring, went 13-0 and last summer, that is as, as good as any European team has ever been. I, I, do I put faith in that after one week? I don't know. I, I, I just want you to know that if G2 does win this week, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm not going to predict them to win this week. I think H2K has been more consistent this season, and I think they do do a better job of some of these other neutral objectives outside of Towers, uh, enough that I, I feel confident in, in them. But I, I think it's going to be a three-game series, and I think that people who are sleeping on G2 after last week are going to regret it. Yeah, This the problem is... I think about how H2K normally loses. And they lose because they don't have late game. They lose because they don't have that macro understanding. That after they take those first three towers, they sort of get lost in what they're supposed to do um, and, and and don't necessarily always play to their win conditions. And as much as we want to meme G2 and meme Weldon, G2 has lost games because the early game has been the issue for them. Not because they're late game. They have a very strong late game. And it's mostly been, you know, it, 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 when they do lose in the late game, it's usually because someone gets picked. It's not because they're necessarily don't know what to do. They do make the right movements. I just don't think they're very used to playing from behind that much. Yeah. Um, and and this season, I think, has been good for them because they've had to learn how to start playing from behind and how to transition, you know, okay, normally what we do with these huge leads is we do this, this, and this, and now they're playing the other side. I think it's going to make them a better team overall. Because when they do have a lead, they can say, okay, if we're losing, this is what we want to try to do. So here's how we counteract that. And knowing how to do both sides of the coin is good. It's, you know, what you use in debate is, you know, have your argument, then know what the argument is for the other side so you can argue against their argument. It makes you a better debater. It makes you uh, better at arguing your point. Yeah. That being said, H2K has never figured out what to do when they're on the other side of the coin. So if they lose the early game, they're sort of lost. And then when they win the early game, they're lost because they haven't learned what to do when they have the lead. So to me, H2K has to win these games in like 30 minutes. Like the Nexus has to be dying before that 30 minute mark. Or they got to be like really close. They got to be making their final, you know, big push within that like 30 minute mark. Or the scale just tips really heavily i think in g2's favor because they've been such a let's focus on the late game let's focus on this macro understanding let's focus on our rotations around the map and when you get more towards that gold mark doesn't matter at like 40 minutes i trust the decision making of g2 more than i do of h2k and it's really unfortunate because we've been waiting for h2k to like figure out how to play late game how to figure out this sort of macro strategy for like two years and if they haven't done it in two, two and a half years, I'm not sure they're ever going to do it. And this to me is like Splice, where it's another one of those, like, they have their play style and it's good enough. They feel like the Toronto Raptors in this instance, where their play style is good enough that they're, you know, one of the top three, four teams in their league. And then when they get to the playoffs, it's just not quite enough. They're, they're one one thing away from figuring it out and actually contending and for the raptors it's lebron james you know blows out his acl in the first round and they don't have to play against him 
But for H2K, they got to figure out this macro if, to me, they're ever truly going to be a contender for an EU championship. Friendly reminded they got fourth place at Worlds last year. Like, like I understand. We always do this. We forget that they did, they, they did a very good job at the World Championship. They have the capability of doing it. That was a, a group stage in which it was all of those elements that you're saying they're missing. That's what got them there. They were the best team fighting team in that group. It was a weird group, to be clear. And that was something they benefited from quite heavily. <laughs> and then they played against Elvis Knox in the quarterfinals, which, listen, like, yeah, you have to, to help, beat but... the team that's in front of you. Right, yeah. That's but. I, I just, I always feel like I have to put that qualifier because I know I get a lot of crap because I never bring it up. So, 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 so it's, they, it's, they've done it. But it's, it's, it's a blip. That, but that's the aberration. That's that They had that three-week period where all of a sudden they were a great team fighting team. That's the only time that it's happened. And sure, it happened when it mattered most, but... Outside of that two, three-week blip, eh, I, I don't see it. So, so I, I understand. I appreciate your, your, you know, qualifying it, bringing it up. I think that's, that's the super far end. And if you look at, you know, first quartile, median, and third quartile where they are, it's, it's way farther to the left on the do they know it, do they not know it scale. So at the end of the day, though, Chase, someone has to win this series. Where do you think the line is? I, I, I may have gone too high on this, but I, I was playing where I think the casinos are going to be. I know G2 was, you know, obviously higher favorites heading into the season, and I think that winning last week will help out the algorithm. So I said G2 minus 200. Um, we're both too high on this because I also said G2 minus 200. Okay, cool. It is G2 minus 156. That okay. puts H2K at plus 120, and three maps are at plus 100. Okay. I, 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 do, I don't hate that, uh, that three maps bet. I, I actually I, don't hate the H2K plus 120 bet, to be honest with you. Like, that's definitely in play. And we have seen one good series from G2 after they went 1-5 at Rift Rivals and struggled quite a bit in the early half of the season. Like, let's remember, this is regular season H2K. Mm-hmm. Regular season H2K is proving themselves to be far more consistent than playoffs H2K. This is true. We'll, we'll come back to it. We, I want to see we, what the value we, de- is. we definitely will come back to it. Don't worry, folks. We will, because there's not a whole lot of value in some of these other series. Uh, yeah. We're going to move on. I, I don't want to spend a, a whole lot of time kind of in this on this, like, Friday schedule. Um, Misfits versus Mysterious Monkeys. I gotta talk about monkeys. Yeah, we gotta talk about monkeys, but I don't think there's a, a ton of time to say about monkeys. Oh, no, I, I don't really, I don't have that much to say about the monkeys. Okay. I wanna talk about misfits. Well, I wanna save misfits for, for Splice. I wanna talk about them in that context because okay. I think these two okay. series are kind of. It, it's funny that these two series are, mis, are misfits versus monkeys and NIP versus Splice. It's, you know, the two of the bottom four teams in the league versus these guys that are kind of in the middle. So, I, is there anything you wanna say about Mysterious Monkeys, real quick? Um, I like. I'm glad Kikis is back in the LCS. Uh, Akali. I, I, Akali was Akali. fun. <laughs> it didn't work very well, but it was fun. Yeah. Um, I loved he hit the Flame Horizon in Game One. I always keep track of when people do that. That was I. That was fun. Um, I also wrote in my notes on Game One that Amazing is worse than useless. So you know, that's kind of where I stand on him at this point in his career. Uh, Dreams is a problem. Uh, Dreams is really not good at League of Legends, and that's going to continue to haunt them. But you know what? Yuki looked great and oh, continues to look fantastic. great. His Kalista's super fun. Fantastic. 
And I think that uh, they did a very good job playing as a team uh, to a win condition. Individual pieces maybe struggled along the line, but I think as a team, they, they did enough to beat Rocket. And that's what? all you can really ask is they, they looked like the better team against a bad team yeah. during their first split in the LCS, no. during a split in which a lot of these guys are very young and they're going to figure things out, yeah. in the split in which they, at one point, were 0-6, and, and we didn't know whether they were going to win any series, let alone two series. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I think that's enough that we can look at the Monkeys and say, you know what, shout out to you. They're figuring some of this stuff out. You're going to get better in the long run. Um, that doesn't make you good now, but you know. They're going to spoil that Vitality Splice fight for the third spot. They're going to they're going to beat one of those teams. I I have this I have this feeling in my gut that they're even if they, maybe they don't beat one of those teams, but they're going to take like maps off of those teams and and set up like if Vitality and Splice are tied, it's going to be like well, Splice 2 owed Monkeys, and Vitality went 1-2, and two, so or went 2-1. So Splice gets in because they have, you know, one less loss than Vitality. Like, it's going to be one of those things, and, and they're going to decide that, that third place thing. I, 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 I think so. I, mm -hmm. You know, maybe. Like, they could beat both of them and sneak in there as the third spot, which would be kind Stop of incredible. It. But, Stop like, it. I don't, yeah, I don't no, think it's going to happen. No, they're not there yet. They, um, they have... They have two very weak links, yeah. which make them not playoff potential. But you know yeah. what? The other three pieces are firing. Yeah. Cosq hit the flame horizon this week. Just want to point that oh, out. Oh, stop it! I'm stop it! Cosq's gonna Cosq's gonna get murdered by Power of Evil this week, and you're gonna regret saying those words. Stop! Uh, it. Look, I did not say he was better than stop Power of Evil. It. I have a lot of strong things to say about Power of Evil later. I wrote a whole article about yes, it. Yes, you did. That I think people would really enjoy, and yes. they should go read. And it's Absolutely. gonna be in the description now. But I'm just pointing out, if you want to look at Mysterious Monkeys as a team that is improving, the fact that it even happened once is well beyond what we thought was going to be capable of for this team. Because Koskiu looked atrocious, and now he looks bad, which is a step forward. I'll take bad, given where we started with Koskiu. Um, I have the line at Misfits minus 400. All right, uh, you're going to get this one, because Damn. Walter does the I, I, I don't go high enough thing. Uh, I have Misfits at minus 275. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Misfits minus 500. That's Mis fair. Mysterious Monkeys are at uh, at plus 330. Totally fair. I, I was afraid that because Misfits lost last week, they were going to get a little bit farther down, but minus 500 is completely fair. Yep. NIP versus Splice. Anything to say about NIP? Uh, Anything at all? I mean... Profit's looking good. I, I want people to start giving him a little bit more credit for what he's doing. We saw him team fight a little bit more this week. I thought it did make them better. I mean, I think that they looked like a sharper team than they have in a while, uh, or probably this whole split in the map that they were able to take over Vitality. I thought that they had some good defensive ganks there, um, you know, that I, I think really helped them out. I think that they did a, a decent job punishing. Uh, when when people were out of position, I still like Hiku's Ash quite a bit. I think that he's good on that champion. I think that I, I'm still amazed the Prophet actually team fought on Shen. Like that was something where I'm like, oh look, I guess he can come with the team. But I mean, look, they're they're not a good team. They commit way too much to objectives that are never worth it, and then end up paying the ultimate price for it. And that happens a lot. 
and having a couple decent games in which people are able to get some outplays going doesn't change the fact that Spraddle is a terrible support, that Nico the Pico's drafts are atrocious, and continue to put them in a very difficult place to succeed, especially that game three versus Vitality. It's almost criminal that a series that had been so back and forth and so interesting and like, oh, ninjas in pajamas kind of look a little per per perky here. What's, what's going on here? And then Nico said, eh, this, we don't want to be this relevant. This is too relevant. We need to, we need to figure out a way to become less relevant um, while we're already in last place and have won two maps this whole season. Uh, it, it's, it's frustrating. It's unfortunate. Um, this team is not good enough to, to win very much at all. And I'm just looking forward to when they beat Rockat and I get to curl up in the fetal position and cry like three weeks from now. It's going to be great. That's, uh... Oh, okay, I said Ninjas of... I, sorry, I said Splice minus 400, excuse I me. I got dark quick. Uh, I yeah. said Splice minus 175. Uh, it's Splice 500 and yeah, NIP fair. plus 330. So you're, you're going to get this one. You're going to go up two uh, with, with three games left. I like this. This is this is more. I had I had a funk for a little bit. I think Rift Rivals put a little bit of a stink on me. But this is. I, I like seeing these numbers. I'm feeling good. Let's keep going. Let's, That's fine. We got some fun games coming up. Yeah. Let's um. Let's just breeze real quick through G2 versus Vitality. I think we talked about both of them enough. Is there anything that you want to say about either team? Maybe how does this series go? You know, just quick. You know, 30, 40 seconds. I think it is possible for Vitality to take a map. I think the unfortunate thing is that Shoko is making enough mistakes, especially in the early game, that I think Trick is going to be able to get to his comfort spot. And so it's going to be very, very difficult. Okay. Uh, so, you know, you look at Nuke Duck is, has been the most consistent player on Vitality. He's looked good even in losses. That's great. Uh, you're going up against Perks. N nice try. Try again later. Uh, Perks is really, really good at League of Legends. Uh, I'm not sure I would consider him underrated, as you mentioned earlier, just because I think that people have been hyping him up for forever. He got an all-pro spot just last split. Like, like, even in a split where you and I didn't think he was worthy of one, he still gets one. He's got the reputation for it. Um, and I think he's proven that that's correct and that that's totally fair. So I think, unfortunately, by Vitality, this is just a, a matchup in which, despite all of the things they're doing right and despite all the weaknesses we've seen of G2 in the past, their strengths are G2's strengths, and G2's just better at it across the board. So I have G2 minus 320. I don't think this is a uh, very close series. I'm going to get this one ah. because I said G2 minus 333. Now, now, Chase, I want you to hold on to your hat here real quick. Okay. Just, just, hold, just hold on to that hat. G2 minus 1,111. Stop it. You're making that up. No, I'm not. G2 minus 1,111. I double-checked it just now. Uh, um, In decimal, it's 1.09. That's, that's Vitality what? Vitality is at plus 550. What's three maps? Three maps are plus 185. Well, that's going to be the easiest plus 185 bet we've made on here in a while. Well, and if you're going to do that, you can take Team Vitality at plus 1.5, plus one and a half maps at plus 145. Sure. So if you I... think this goes to three games, you just take both of those bets and you make a bunch of money. Wow. 
That's all it took. One win, huh? One one good 2-0 win from G2, and we're just going to ignore that they were 2-3 and three heading into Rift Rivals, and that they are 3-3, three and three, but had been 2-3 and three the week before, and it was against a very bad team that got them the 3-3. Three and three. That's what we're doing. Okay, cool. Let's do the, it. The, this, is, this is the algorithm is, isn't grading this right, I think. That's, that's what I think this is, is the algorithm isn't, isn't quite there. You know, it's one of those things where usually when there's a line that's this bad, like there's a more over-the-top reaction, but I'm just kind of stunned. Like, I feel like this is a line that's going to piss me off like three hours from now. Like right now, I just am in disbelief. Like I'm looking at that number and I'm trying to imagine in what world. Minus 1,100. The, the world where algorithmically under Unicorn... G2 has been one of the best teams in Europe. Vitalis won three series. They're not, this is not like this is Rocket. So what would the Rocket line be? Minus 10,000? Like what? 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 Uh... Two weeks ago. Oh, hold up. This is. I'm, I'm looking back for when they played. Week five, G2 was minus 1,666 against the Monkeys. Yep. So, so we're saying that. Vitality is 500 points better than the monkeys. Well, but in decimal, it would really—that's implying that like it would be vitality minus 180, because the, the decimals are, are. Remember, it's a logarithmic scale, so the yeah. difference between minus 1111 and minus 1667 is like 0. 0.02 points. Okay, okay, let's let's move on. I'm I'm never this is never gonna make sense to me, and I'm just just gonna make my head hurt more. So let's just keep going. Ow. Unicorn. Buddies. Pals. Yeah, lovely it's, sponsors. it's three hundredths of a of a point decimally. God. Okay. I mean I'm just gonna take the free money off of it. And, but Yeah, I mean yeah, to, we're gonna to, take be, the free to, be, money. to be fair, we're gonna say this and G two is gonna two O them and just move on. So Yeah, I mean that that's what reality is telling me. <laughs> but reality is that uh, I don't wanna talk about that series anymore. Fanatic versus Unicorns of Love. Oh man. I, I, Unicorns of Love is my new favorite team in Europe. They have captured my heart in a way that has, has not existed since since Moscow Five and Gambit. Yeah. And and there's a lot of comparisons that I can draw between the two organizations and the two teams and everything. So Chase, t tell me about this series. What you know, we haven't talked about Fnatic or Unicorns of Love much at all. Um, coming off of their last weeks, you know, they didn't perform very well at Rift Rivals, and then they came out and Fnatic. Just completely wiped the floor with uh, with Vitality. Unicorns of Love struggled against Misfits a little bit, but pulled it out. Looked like typical Unicorns of Love. Looking at the series, what do you think? Is, is this our potential finals? Is this our most likely finals for Europe? Man, it, it's tough. I, I, I first like the easiest thing is to talk about Fnatic. Fnatic looked really good this week. I think that they, they got the 2-0 that we would expect them to do in that spot. I thought that it was uh, very crisp. Uh, you know, they still you know have a couple of things that they're going to be you know figuring out as they're getting used to this new style. But Brox's pathing looked very good. Mm -hmm. I thought that uh, I loved seeing the Sivir and I loved seeing the Varus. To go back to last week, Walter, when you were like, I'm not sure he can play Varus. Yeah, he can play Varus. Now, okay. like, there's... That's there, there's the friendly that, reminder. That's, that that's totally cool fine. Is, there you is go. perfectly deep. Uh, he's doing just fine, and they're going to be able to play around that. Caps is, is this team-fighting monster. I thought his Talia just... Oh, that makes my heart warm, man. That just... 
that makes my day. I love seeing good Talia play, and he's probably the best Talia in uh, at least in Europe. It's so good to watch, and I just love it. And I love that they're able to fall back on this team fighting because this is the team that I always thought they could be. I think they're relying on the split pushing map pressure thing because they were doing so well at it and because so few teams had an answer to it. But this week, they're like, you know what? That doesn't really work anymore. Let's just play the game the way everyone else is playing the game. And it turns out they're really good. They're just really good at League of Legends. And it just so happens that they were trying this weird thing, but it doesn't have to define where they end up in the long run. Um, I, I love that week from them. Unicorns of Love, I am much more tempered. And I, I understand Unicorns of Love fans. Oh, God, I, you don't know. I like this team a lot. I think they're currently the second best team because I don't have faith that H2K is going to keep it up right now. But I think Unicorns of Love fans understand that this is a team that made some very big mistakes in this series versus Misfits. If it's not for Power of Evil uh, pushing for a ward he didn't need and getting caught out around a Baron Pit that gave... Unicorns have loved the momentum they needed in game two to turn a game in which they were very clearly behind for the first 25 minutes um, or, or even game 30 minutes. Like, they they got a lot of help. That was a Misfits throw as much as it was a Unicorns of Love comeback in game two. They, you know, they, they can only play the team in front of them and they executed their late game strategies well and they're still very good at that. But... I mean, if Misfits didn't give them as many openings as they did, this would not have been, this would not have been a Unicorns of Love victory. Uh, that was something you can directly point to Misfits' mistakes opening the door. And if Unicorns of Love lost two nothing, then we're thinking very differently of them than we are right now, where they're six and one and they they gritted out this series. Like we have to take that into account, right? We have to take into account that Exile still looks bad. We have to take into account that Chachi has struggled to make the same kind of impact he did last split where he fell, fell behind pretty hard in game one where he was overextending way too often in game two though he had a way amazing outplay uh in game two in the first 10 minutes that it was about 9 45 he just had this amazing 1v2 did a great job he's still a great player i want to acknowledge all that but he is also still making some serious mistakes he made bad trades in game three he died twice in the first 10 minutes neither one of them were necessary like these are problems. These are actual legitimate problems. And we're going to punish teams for being like, oh, yeah, they can only play things like Vladimir and really scale up and look as strong as they did. Well, then we have to take that into account with Unicorns of Love in Game 3, right? Where that's what they needed to rely on to get Exile in that comfortable spot to make it so that Power of Evil wouldn't snowball the lane super hard so they wouldn't be 5,000, 6,000 gold down heading into the mid to late game transition. This was not a great series from Unicorns of Love. And, and look, Misfits lost that series, and Unicorns of Love won it. The Unicorns of Love did what they needed to do, and Misfits made some very big mistakes that cost them. Um, I think Misfits lost a little bit more than the Unicorns of Love won. They were really ahead. They snowballed game one out of control, and they were far ahead in game two to a point where they should not have lost that game given the composition that they had. And, and Unicorns of Love should not be that close to an 0-2. Shout out to them for pulling off. Shout out to them for being resilient in game three. But these are real problems. And also, Xerxes Elise, like he did it, and I'm glad that we know he can do it, but it did not look very good. Very far too quiet in the early game. 
And if you're a Unicorns of Love fan and you're being like, oh, you're nitpicking, you're being too critical, you're, you're being so much harsher than you are to other teams, yeah, I am. I expect more from you. You were in the finals last split. Think about how much of a hard time we gave G2 for the first half of the season because they were three-time champs. You were the second-best team in Europe last split. You have told me repeatedly that you must be treated as the second-best team in Europe this split and that it was a travesty for me to say that you were even third. Like, this is, this is where you guys hold yourselves in the standard rule. I'm holding you to that standard. You did not look like the second-best team in Europe last week. That was a bad week. It was a bad, it was an ugly series that you should have lost. And, and shout-out to you for pulling it out. And I think all of the problems I just listed are fixable, but you have to acknowledge those issues and address those issues and take steps to fix those issues uh, if this team is going to be the team that they could and should be. And unfortunately for them, I think Fnatic right now have figured out where they are very, you know, they had a very, very, very good series last week. And I think that they can still do the map pressure. I think they can absolutely do the team fighting. I think that Caps versus Exile is going to be really rough. Um, I think that, you know, this is going to be a, a bot lane that goes back and forth. I think Samix is playing out of his mind, and I love Samix. And I think he's a dark horse MVP contender. I, I really love what he's been doing, especially his Zaya is just gorgeous to watch. I love it. It's going to be a close series. But I think that Fnatic's got this. And I think it's, it's more likely that Fnatic pulls off a 2-0 than it is that Unicorns of Love get the victory here. That's just how I feel, given the current landscape. And, and Unicorns of Love, I, I, I want to make this clear. I say the same thing to you that I did about Europe after Rift Rivals. You have the flaws, acknowledge them, work on them, fix them, and reassert yourself as the team that we both know you can be. Hold yourself to the same standard I'm holding you to right now because I know you're a great team and I know every flaw I mentioned you can fix. Unicorn's a left fan, just don't listen to him. He, Stop let, it. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, they, they didn't play great against Misfits. That, absolutely. And Misfits did make plays that, that lost in the game, but you constantly just underestimate this team. Like, yeah, is, Fnatic, is that, Fnatic is probably the favorite here and... and We'll probably win this series, but to say that it's more likely that Fnatic 2 owes Unicorns of Love over Unicorns of Love winning, I just, I don't think Fnatic that's giving them credit. Fnatic 2 owed six teams this season. Good teams. They 2 owed Misfits. They 2 owed H2K. They 2 owed Splice. And Fnatic 2 owes a lot of good teams. And I think I, Unicorns of Love is better than all of those teams. They're not. They're, last week, they didn't play like it. They didn't play okay, like they were the I, better team than Misfits, and they certainly didn't play like they were the better team than H2K Gaming has been just in their pure the, regular season. The difference season is I think Unicorns of Love understands macro game, and those teams don't. I agree. I think Unicorns That's of Love should be a better team. I, I agree on paper. The Unicorns of Love should be the better team, and they should be able to take a map here, and it should be a very close series. They, should be able, they could possibly win this series okay. if this was the Unicorns of Love that they were in the spring split, but they haven't looked like that Unicorns of Love. And I think that putting your head in the sand and pretending that they still look like that team is what could kill this team. Because the only way they're going to be a team that can actually win Europe, if you want to supersede not just your, my expectations, but also your expectations, you want to win Europe, you have to acknowledge all of the things I just said and fix them. Because that's what it takes to be the greatest team. I, not I, I acknowledge those the, all of those things. So don't tell them to ignore me then. 
You just said ignore what he just said. I, I'm ignore saying ignore you because you constantly are just you constantly just rag on this team. Just Stop just it. absolutely. I, I constantly rag on a team that I say is the sec was the second best team in Europe for the last four weeks in a row before this point. I constantly rag on a team that at worst I have placed third. Screw you, man. Screw this. I'm not that's not fair. I hate this. I hate that I'm treated this way. It's not fair. I'm allowed to have some criticisms of a team that is very good. I hate okay. this. I, I just think that saying Fnatic is more likely to 2-0 than Unicorns of Love is to win this series is going too far. I don't agree with that at all. When Unicorns what? of Love has shown that constantly they don't care about gold leads and that they're probably the best team fighting team in the region. Fnatic has lost three maps this whole split. Okay. I'm, yes. I'm not conceding that, but again. You, you kind of are. Let's just give me the line. This is silly. Okay, where do you think the line is? I, I have Fnatic minus 150. I had Fnatic minus 150 as well. It's Fnatic minus 142. Unicorns of Lover at plus 110. Three maps is plus 100. See, if you said uh, three maps is 100? Plus 100, yep. That, that makes sense. I think three maps is a very good bet here. I think this is going to be a close series. I, I just, I, I think there are a lot of flaws that Unicorns need to fix before they're ready to beat Fnatic. If, if you, like Chase, think that Fnatic is going to 2-0 this, it's plus 200. I don't think they're going to 2-0 this. I think it's a 2-1. I'm just saying that of the two, okay. I think that Unicorns of Love have a lot of flaws they'd have to fix in a short period of time compared to Fnatic, a team that has overpowered the vast majority of the league. That's my whole point. Okay. Okay. Moving on, last game of the week, the one random Sunday game, because Europe doesn't make sense and just can't be like everyone else and can't, I, I don't know, I'm sick of their ops team and however they decide they want to do Europe. I get why they do it, but things like this just piss me off and are really stupid and I can't believe that this is the best way to do things. But that being said, it's Misfits versus Splice. So... Misfits lost that series against Unicorns of Love. As you say, they lost it more so than Unicorns of Love won it. Uh, Splice did not look very good against G2 at all. So common sense would tell me that Misfits is probably going to win this series against Splice. But from things that you said, mentioned about Misfits and mentioned about Splice, it doesn't seem like you think there is as firm a... a difference between these two teams like maybe they might be slightly closer than i'm i'm picturing them so what what is your thought process between misfits and splice well they're both four and three uh series score and they're both 500 over the course of their their game so far this season so yeah they're very close they're basically uh in the same spot and have a lot of the same problems um you know i wrote an article about power of evil and it was one that i i, I was really proud of and i hope you guys enjoy it um i feel like he is potentially the most talented mid laner in terms of pure mechanical skill in the West. On his best days, he can hold up to just about anybody. The problem with Power of Evil is that he knows it. And that means that he is saying to himself, oh, I'm invincible. I can go make that hero play. I can go get that piece of vision. I can go do whatever it is you need because I'm so far ahead. I don't have to worry about this. And then he dies and the enemy team gets barren and they lose. And it was so easy for me to find plays in which he had these huge highlight moments and really snowballed games and just blew me away with with fun micro things and then there were so easy to find clips of him making very silly fundamental macro mistakes 
that cost the team dearly. And that puts them in this very feast or famine kind of mindset. When they win, it's because they've snowballed the early game so hard. And their early game, when it does well, is the best early game in Europe. I love seeing this team when they're snowballing those kills. Maxler does a great job of getting you know, his lane ahead. And, and of course, Power Vivold has done a lot with it. Hans Sama is still really great. And I thought Ignar's played better than he has his split. And Alfari's had a couple great games. Uh, Alfari looked solid last week. I was impressed by him kind of stepping back up into the, the spot that I, I, I saw him being, uh, saw maybe his growth turning into. Um, so I think the potential is there. The problem is the macro understanding. And that's exactly the same problem I highlighted with Splice, was their macro understanding. We, they have a system by which they, they constantly, you know, have, have this moment of, of, you know, the players are there, the talent is clearly there, we know what their compositions are supposed to be, we know what they excel at, and then they're not executing on that. Or they're only sometimes executing on that. They executed against the Unicorns of Love, but they couldn't do it last week, you know, and against a, a easier, you know, at the time we thought it was going to be an easier opponent. I, I don't know. They're so up and down. Uh, they're inconsistent just from a basic fundamentals, you know, going through the steps that it takes to play the kind of game. And they play a very systematic game. They're not snowballing early. They have very particular points that they have to hit in the mid game, very particular objectives that they need to push. And I think that that is a higher execution standard. It's harder to hit that than it is for misfits to do what misfits have been doing. But then misfits, on the other hand, hit that standard, they're doing great, and then fall down back. So it's going to be a very interesting series. I think this is a three-game series. I think it's going to be the most fun series for me outside of Fnatic Unicorns of Love. That's obviously the series of the week. That's going to be an amazing series between the two titans of Europe at this point in the season. I just think that misfits versus Splice are two teams that are very close. And if we're looking at which team could sneak into the semifinals, you know, which team could really be a dark horse and threaten for the two seed in their group, you know, those kinds of questions, I think Misfits versus Splice is going to be a series that answers a lot of that for us. I want to see Power of Evil assert himself as a player. I think he can be. I want to see Senkux continue to do awesome things. I want to see Wonder remember that he's supposed to be a top-tier top laner because he did not look like it last week. Um, so, so those kind of things are going to be very fun to watch, and I'm excited to see this series. So, so if it wasn't for Caps, I want to I want to remove like Caps from this picture. It seems like mm -hmm. Power of Evil versus Perks uh, as like a mid laner discussion, sort of like Russell Westbrook versus James Harden. Mm -hmm. Russell Westbrook is very Power of Evil, very singular. He's focused on himself, focused on his own stats, focused on me being the hero. And Perks can do that, as we saw in like that block game. But he's also now learned to make his teammates better. He's kicking the ball out to his three point shooters, you know, letting roaming up into the top lane to let Expect do some work. Um, you know, setting up good Oriana ultimate so that Zen can, you know, pick off the rest of the team fight. Like, that sort of discussion. And that's what Power of Evil really does feel like to me, is he is a, a singular entity on this team. He understands that he's better than the players that he's he's surrounded with and feels like he needs to be the guy that carries them day in and day out. And against Splice, that'll probably work because in, in, in games where teams are very evenly matched, it usually comes down to you know, who's, which side is more talented or who has a more talented player and can they make a big play? And I think Power of Evil is more talented than anyone on Splice. Um, and I think then the rest of the positions are kind of pretty close. Mm -hmm. 
So, looking slightly towards the future, do we see Power of Evil stay on this Misfits roster? Like, what would Misfits have to do to sort of break him of that mindset? And and because I don't think that with that mindset, this team can actually contend for a title. When you have a team like when you have teams like Fnatic and Unicorns Love and G two that do have the team concept kind of nailed down, is Misfits sort of stuck here? Or what's your thoughts on that? Well, I'll put it this way, right? You can have a big star player like a LeBron James that makes his teammates better just by demanding so much enemy attention. And you're actually seeing that in their laning phase. Because uh, Power of Evil gets ahead so often, you're seeing a lot of ganks being drawn to his lane, which has given a lot of pressure off of Alfari, whose laning stats have started to turn around from where they were at the beginning of the split, where they were atrocious. Mm -hmm. Hans Sama has been the biggest benefit of this. His secondary carry stats have been monstrous because he's really been efficient with his gold uh, and really done a lot to clean up some of these team fights and, and put them in a good spot. And to be clear, it's not just Power of Evil like putting himself on his back on the back of like, Westbrook style where he's like, I'm gonna hard carry because that's what I do. The team is pouring resources into him. They're trying to set him up to be that star player and saying, we trust that if you're our main guy, we're gonna win all of these fights. And for the majority of these games, they're correct on that assertion. So I think that there's some merit to the playstyle. The problem is that you just can't afford the simple mistakes. But we are two powered evil throws due to terrible positioning away from them being a 6-1 and one team. There were two to game twos in which this has happened now, in which they'd already won game one, just needed that second map, blew a game that was ahead by at least 4,000 or 5,000 gold, and now we're talking about them at 4-3. It's a very different conversation if they don't lose those two games. But they did. That's what's got to get fixed. And it comes, you know, it could be just as simple as Power of Evil gets smarter. He becomes a more, uh, you know, he, he takes some of the pressure off of himself to hard carry and trusts in getting the team just a little bit more time, making sure he has backup during these little things, doesn't go out of his way for these unnecessary hero-style plays. Um, and I, I think that's something he's certainly capable of. And that's ultimately... Uh, where I think that his career leads. As far as does he stay on Misfits, friendly reminder that Unicorns of Love might want a new mid laner after this season. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't have any inside information on this. I'm just saying we have a player who used to be on the Unicorns of Love, who's still on very good relations with everyone on that team, and we have a guy in exile who we're hearing rumblings now that maybe they're not as happy with how that's going. Didn't say that's what I would do. Yeah. I'm just saying if we like looking at potential moves, there is some evidence. Not a lot of evidence. Not hearing anything behind the scenes. Don't take this as Chase Wallace in our reports. Yo Yost hasn't messaged us and said we're getting power of evil or anything like that. Yeah. It, it's just it's it's something I've heard from more than one person as a thing that pieces might move together depending on how the rest of the split goes. And for the record, I want everybody to succeed. I love everybody. League is better when all the teams are good. So I wouldn't be rooting for that kind of thing. But if you were looking at where he might go, that's all I have to say. I, I think that would be a very bad move on you. I, part. I'm not I, saying I, I would do it. Culture anymore. We still have to see how the rest of the season goes before we even get close to thinking about the offseason. I'm not ready to think about the offseason. Exactly. So Chase, it's five to four. Yes. Are you gonna are you gonna put me away here, and uh, and gain a point and tie up the entire competition, 
or 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 are you gonna are you gonna flub it here? Are you gonna be like a European soccer team and just just take the the one one draw and we each get a point and you you live to fight another day? Where do you think the line is? I have misfits minus one thirty. I have misfits minus one fifty. It is misfits minus one sixty six. What the hell? I'm gonna squeak out of here with one point and maintain my lead in the split long competition. Uh, Splice is at plus 125. Three maps is at plus 100. Another one of these where they think it's, they think there is a favorite, but they think the series is close enough that you don't get a ton of value on three maps. So I, I think I agree with it, but I think if I had to look at it, this is probably the closest of the, of the three series where it's that, you know, plus 100 maps. Like, Splice is, is more likely, I think, to beat Misfits than Unicorns of Love or H2K are to beat Fnatic and G2, respectively. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought it was crazy to think that Unicorns of Love might well, not Well, I thought this series. was going to... I The first line that I put down was even. And then I said, no, I got to punish Splice for losing to G2. So. I mean, sure, but then, I mean, Misfits hasn't any more impre- doesn't have any more impressive wins than one place. Yeah, but they have Power of Evil, and they have the algorithm. That's I. I'm not sure why they have the algorithm. Is my whole point. Both of these teams were fifth and sixth last split, so they should have started at the same place. They're both 500. But but what what's the gap? That that's what, not how it works. What was what was well how <laughs> they well, had a better regular you know? season. That's the thing, is they had a better regular season, so that has, sets them higher in the, the ratings that the algorithms work. Barely. I, sure. Okay, whatever. I think that's too high. No, I just fair. I refuse to bet on Splice again, because we've done this two weeks in a row. And at some point, I become the boy who cried wolf, and I'm not doing it. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, and by the way, the fact that I'm not doing it means Splice is going to win, but I'm not doing it. I don't care. No, I don't um, want you to do it. I'm, I'm telling you, no. <laughs> this is I'm not <laughs> betting on Splice either. So... We we need to make some smart money bets here, Chase. We are yes. we are we had a two one week last week, which mm-hmm. which brings us back into the black. Uh, we missed on Splice beating G two, Chase. Uh, oh. We hit on uh, three maps between Unicorns of Love and the Misfits, and we hit on Mysterious Monkeys beating Rockat on our Hail Mary kind of bet. So yay, two and one. Yeah, we the fan hedge one. works, man. That puts us at nine and nine on the year, and we are plus one fifty three. We're up one hundred fifty three unicorns, dollars, rubles, pesos, however you want to want to say it. So Chase, mm-hmm. make us some money. Where, where are you seeing this? Where are you seeing the value this week? Well, I my first instinct is to say H two K plus one twenty because we haven't actually seen G two put two good weeks together yet. We saw one really great series, and I liked what we saw last week. But uh, in a week in which I don't see all that much value, and H2K is the best regular season team and has six two O's this week, this season, like that seems valuable to me. Okay. Um, I mean, we should go safe, and you know, we we can do kind of. Let's do one safe. Which, which do you think goes the three maps more? Fnatic, Unicorns of Love, or Misfit Splice? Misfit Splice. I think so as well. I, that's that's the safer out of the two. Yeah. And then I, I think the, the Vitality three maps. Vitality I think, yeah, that's, that's where I was going to go. At plus uh, 185. And then if you're going to take that, you might as well take Vitality at plus one and a half. 
I, I I'm gonna stick to the to the one for for smart money bets just because it keeps our numbers even. But yes, I I think that's very fair for I, the but, viewers but, for the viewers at home. But viewers, if you're taking three maps, take one and a half because that means that for three maps to happen in a best of three series, Vitality would have had to win a game. So if that means Vitality won a game, that means Vitality plus one and a half happens. So if you're gonna take one, take them. The both. only lot way you'd lose that is if Vitality two owed. Which would be freaking funny. Well, I mean, if G2, like, if a 2 0 happens, you're screwed. Which G2 could very easily 2 0 this. So, yeah, well, you know, you know, always in play. But that being said, and I would wait on that one until after the H2K G2 series. Because if G2 loses to H2K, there's no way it, like, it, it makes sense that G2 would then come out pissed off the next day in 2 0 Vitality. So, just. Just be leery that if H2K beats G2, that bet gets, I think, a little bit riskier. But our smart money bets for Week 7 in the European LCS, H2K to beat G2 at plus 120, Vitality and G2 to go to three maps at plus 185, and Misfits and Splice to go to three maps at plus 100. And that's been a podcast. That's been Week 7 in the European LCS. We had a lot of fun. We disagreed on some things. But I think, I think we're setting ourselves up to make a little bit of money this week. As always, you guys can follow the podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, because SoundCloud is still going to be a thing. Thank you, Chance the Rapper. That entire story was like 24 hours, and it's like, nah, I got you, fam. So thank you. We appreciate not having to go find someplace else to host the podcast. Uh, you can follow along and subscribe on YouTube, where all the videos are. Follow the, uh, the Twitter, at Pod. And you can follow us individually on Twitter as well. I am at C80s underscore LOL. Chase, where can the good folks at home find you? You can find me at Redshirt King. I love talking to you guys. You can talk to me about anything that you, you heard in the show today. Uh, I've been responding to all of the YouTube comments. Uh, I need to remember to do uh, the actual timestamps. I'm sorry. I know a couple of you guys asked last week, where are they? Uh, I forgot. Are they here to this day? No. Sorry again. I forgot. But I'm going to try to do a better job of it. At the very least, try to go back. If you have any particular requests, I'll go back and get those specifically for you guys. But, uh, but you know, I, I always love to keep the conversation going. And, of course, you can keep that going uh, to an extra level if you come on our Discord, where we often do VOD reviews. And we have a really nice community that started to build itself up there. Uh, and it would be uh, awesome for you to join. Thanks for listening, guys. Absolutely. It's definitely fun talking to you guys on a, on a daily basis, a little bit more consistently about pretty much anything. We, we added a film channel on there. So we've been talking about films and the Marvel Netflix shows and, and all that jazz. So come back tomorrow where we're going to talk about North America, where uh, I, I have very strong feelings about not knowing what my strong feelings are. <laughs> so to find out what that means come back tomorrow for our week 7 NA podcast and until then goodbye internet you can follow the Rough Drafts podcast on all your favorite social media sites twitter at Rough Drafts pod facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts pod soundcloud.com backslash esports Rough Drafts youtube.com backslash rough dress podcast as well as on itunes by searching for the rough dress podcast 
Rough Drafts Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at patreon.com backslash Pod and by viewers like you. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.